Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, purveyor of fine audiobooks. Go to audibletrial.com slash thingspodcast to sign up for a 30-day trial and get a free audiobook. Things by Cindy Inn. My thing uh, is actually two things. It's my figure skates. Um, I've had them for, I realized today, over 20 years now. And I can still fit my dumb feet into them. That was my follow-up question. Do you still fit <laughs> into them? <laughs> I do. And they're still functional as skates. I mean, I I probably, if I was like still competing or anything, they'd probably be too worn out for that. But I was never really competitive to start with. Um, so that was never really a huge concern for me. <laughs> when did you start doing... Was is it figure uh, skating or? Yeah, it was actually figure skating back when they still had figures. Um, they actually took that out of the uh, Canadian figure skating curriculum um, while I was still in instruction. But uh, yeah, I started when I was fourteen, I think, around the same time I, I started high school, um, thirteen or fourteen. So it was like ninety three, ninety four, something like that. And when what made you? want to learn uh christy yamaguchi true (laughs) (laughs) yeah it really was kind of as simple as that figure skating was one of the big sports that we we followed as kids and i just always wanted to do it and my mom found us a club um in our city and finally she's like okay let's let's just do this and so me and my sister and eventually my brother uh, also, <laughs> I'll join the figure skating club. Is it a popular sport? And is that sport thing to do in Canada? Um, I guess so. I it's, I mean, yeah, no, I I would say it is pretty pretty popular. Just skating in general is pretty popular. Um, even I live right now in Montreal, which is on the eastern. Uh, more wintry side of Canada. I'm originally from Vancouver, which is very temperate. Um, so things like skating outside was never really an option. Um, but there's still like lots and lots of ice rinks. And I think the winter sports in general are very popular in Canada. And there is like more of like the sports subsidies tend to go into those types of sports than maybe some other sports. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, hockey is a huge a huge national sport and uh, skating up until very recently was sort of their figure skating was, you know, seen as like the girl friendly alternative for ice sports. But I mean, we still have a lot of like speed skating and ringette and even women's hockey has gotten bigger and bigger. Wait, women's hockey is a thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we actually, the largest rivalry is between U S and Canada. We're the only two countries that have had programs in place for long enough to really train like seriously competitive women. I didn't. That is so cool. I did not know that there was like women's hockey was. I thought it was just like football. We actually have our own football too. There's the CFL, is the Canadian Football League. Uh, we do three downs instead of four, and the ball's a little bit smaller, so it's a much faster sport. Um, but it it maintains most of the same rules as American football. Well, it's funny because I guess my family is actually a pretty sports family, even though I'm like the weird, like geeky, nerdy 
outlier i guess me and my sister well my sister she skated for a lot longer than me and she's she's still kind of involved in skating but i mean my parents first date was to a hockey game my dad had seasons tickets um and uh my mom almost started um a fight at a football game while pregnant with my brother i believe the other guy was actually the one who was starting the fight but she she was ready to to fight <laughs> apparently some big drunk dude like jostled her in a crowd and she's like super pregnant <laughs> and she just like turned around with her fist raised like you know excuse me i you, you know i need to protect my lady <laughs> yeah pretty much and the guy was so wasted he pulled his arm back and his friends took a look at my mom with her big pregnant belly and their buddy with his arm cocked back and just like tackled him and dragged him out of the stadium and my dad was just like, what just happened? <laughs> That's a fantastic story. I love it. Yeah, my, my mom's a scrapper. She's great. I've never seen her in an actual physical confrontation, but mm. she's, all, she's always ready <laughs> if, if it comes down to it. One thing that I've always wondered was how skaters learn the crazy jumps. Like, I, on oh. one hand, like, there's probably part of it where it's just you have to, like, suck it up and do it. But on the other hand, it's also kind of, like, really dangerous to, like, here's a kid and go do things. Yeah. Um, there's actually different techniques and stuff. Like, the um, depending on um, the facilities that you're training in, um, and especially at, like, the higher levels when you're needing to do, like, bigger and bigger jumps... Um, you can actually use a harness, um, that's kind of rigged up to something in the ceiling. And so the coach kind of skates around with you and you're on this moving harness. And then as you go to take the jump, they'll kind of like pull you up to take care of like the jump part. Mm -hmm. And then if you like, if they see that you're landing wrong or you didn't, you know, make enough revolutions to land it properly, they'll just like lower you down gently. So you don't hurt yourself or you can do it the way that I did it, um, which is just to throw yourself in the air um, with complete abandon and then smash up most of the cartilage in both your knees. I think that was what I was imagining with the, it looks very dangerous and you just have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, maybe there's some techniques that I could have <laughs> learned to alleviate the damage to my poor knees um because i mean i spent most of my teen years with my knees like basically black and blue and purple <laughs> um eventually i started wearing knee pads uh, i had a friend who was a, a jazz dancer and she had like these flexible knee uh, dancers knee pads yes i've seen those um yeah we also had um what they call crash pads so it's um basically like leggings like spandex leggings there's like um ultra dance foam in the um i guess hip and tailbone region very important parts of the body so you just look like you have a really really fine booty <laughs> as you're skating around and trying not to break things <laughs> which i'm pretty sure i cracked my tailbone in high school as well um so i i i was always very restless because it it that was a weird one because it takes like over a year to heal, apparently. But <laughs> so just like months of like, hmm, maybe I should, I'm going out tonight, maybe I should bring a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the movies, perhaps. <laughs> I need an extra cushion. Yeah. 
yeah, that was actually something I did. <laughs> so how long did you take lessons for? Um, I started, I was probably 13, 14. So I, I went just up until my last year of high school. Um, I realized that the amount of time I was putting into it, I was never really going to advance unless I put even more time into it. And, you know, I knew already, you know, going into it at like 13 that I was never, ever going to be seriously competitive. Um, you know, it was just really something I was doing for fun and my own, you know, self-improvement or whatever. Um, but there were starting to be more things I was interested in and, you know, knowing that I wouldn't be able to do it going to college and stuff. I was just like, eh, I want to be in the school play. I'm going to drop out. <laughs> <laughs> See, now the school play, that's my, that's my thing. Sports, <laughs> physical activity. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's part of why I chose it. Cause it is this weird little vestige of like sporty me. Cause I've never, ever, ever thought of myself as sporty. I mean, I, I guess I picked one of the artier sports. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> you know, it, it was actually like a huge part of, of my teenage years. Um, and some, you know, something I, I mean, it has marked me in a lot of different ways. Um, from my wobbly knees to uh, my awesome skater's calves. Which makes finding uh, skinny jeans an adventure sometimes. How else has doing this affected your adult life? Um, well, I mean, I, you know, even though I, I did drop out and I never really got very far, like I can't even do a single axle. Like I, I didn't even make it to like double jumps. Like I, that's around where I was when I quit. And I just knew that it was never, I was never really going to get there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it, it did help with my patience and, and um, I don't know, just little things of, like uh, posture and body awareness, um, as well as my sense of rhythm. Maybe I should take up figure skating. I need help with all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there are some great uh, adult skate programs. Uh, my sister is actually a skating instructor back in Vancouver, uh, she, and she works with a lot of, of adults. Um, she's also involved in an ice dance theater company. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah. It's basically like the figure skating equivalent of like modern dance. Um, there's a great group here in, in Montreal called, uh, Les Patins Libres, like the free skates, uh, just like, yeah, free form skating. So it's basically like modern dance is to ballet, which what uh, is to uh, figure skating. I feel like I should just move to Canada. That just sounds so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> things... Yeah, we haven't even gotten into uh, team skating. Uh, they call it synchronized skating now. That is so cool. Uh, back when I was doing it, it was still called precision. Um, but but they changed the name to synchronized skating. Um, but it's so that, which is actually a lot more descriptive. Um, if you've seen synchronized swimming, swimming yeah. like that on ice. That is so cool. It's really cool. Michelle Kwan 
Oh, yes. Has been like this weird influence on my life, even though I've never figure skated. My mom would sort of like ask us to watch her. So in, like I grew up watching her, probably because she was Asian. And yeah, I was about to <laughs> that is actually say it. mostly why my mom <laughs> probably wanted like, Asian people on TV kind of a thing. Yeah, well, I remember um, uh, back when I was in college, there was some kind of mailer going around. Like, this is proving how old I am. This is, like, when things were on mailer, like, way before Facebook or any of that stuff. Um, and it was, like, 101 tel- ways to tell you're Asian. And one of them was, like, your family always roots for the one Asian guy. It's, like, <laughs> yep. you know, Michael Chan was, like, our hero in the 80s. Like, I don't even know anything about tennis i just know that you have to root for michael jack pretty much like i didn't know anything about skating at all other than the fact that it was like nbc and michelle kwan's on tv so we're just gonna clear our schedule for the evening and watch tv well it's funny i feel like michelle kwan is is kind of that point where like figure skating got added to the list of like acceptable hobbies for asian children along with like piano and violin (laughs) Which is now surprising that my parents didn't make me do it. Um, but I did do karate, though, which is... We can add that to the stereotype thing. <laughs> it's funny that it would be karate and not, like, kung fu or I think cause wushu this, or something. This one was just close to our house. That's really what it was. It was like, down the block. We could go by ourselves. <laughs> okay. There's also a convenience factor. Where I went to college, we had a, an ice rink. Well, to me, it was always kind of a suburban thing. And, like, I'm very much a suburban kid. Like, the city I grew up in had, like, well, we also had, like, a giant rink complex called Eight Rinks um, that was also the official training grounds for um, the Vancouver Canucks. So, like, all their off-season training and stuff. And, I guess, between-game training, too. Um, And it was also one of the official training centers for the um, Canadian figure skating team. I feel like I would have a lot of friends who'd just be like, oh my God, that is so awesome. And I'm just like, yeah, sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going back to my family and the sports thing, like there are two topics that are sure to come up anytime I, I call my mom. One is something related to sports, probably hockey. Um, it could be another sport. They, they kind of go through these phases. They were really into American football for a little while. Um, I guess because of, uh, Peyton Manning. Um, yeah, that's a sports person I'm told. No, I don't. Uh, I know who Peyton Manning is. I'm just trying to figure (laughs) out why specifically Peyton Manning. Um, well, I think it was their first Super Bowl run or his rookie year where, I don't know, having a rookie quarterback do that well was impressive. See, that's the thing. Like, I know I don't know enough about the sport to evaluate that type of performance, but my parents were really into it. and um, I'll take their word for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing that's likely to come up talking to my mom is, is any kind of grisly, grisly crime um, that's happened locally. Yeah, she'll bring it up and, like, in conversations, like, I, I had a friend visiting, and I was in town, and my friend was in town. It's like, oh, let's go for lunch. Okay, yeah, my family's going to be there. And, and then my mom just starts talking about, like, 
a serial rapist or something. We're like, you just met her. Why are you talking about rape? <laughs> and my dad and I would like try and change the subject and she'd come back to it. We're like, oh no, why is this happening? That's fantastic. I just started watching that um, Netflix Marco Polo show. Yeah, I like, saw a couple episodes. It's it's kind of bad, but in kind of a good way. I think that's just but it's, in general. Like, what's that other Netflix show that is so terrible, but I can't stop watching it with the wolves and the 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 werewolf and the vampire. Oh, oh, I love that show. Grove, Hemlock Grove. Some, Hemlock Grove. Uh, I, Love Hemlock Grove. I love it and hate it at the same time. I'm just like, this is so bad. Why am I watching it? But this is so good. <laughs> uh, but the thing about Marco Polo that I'm loving is that it's full of Asian people. Because guess is. what? It's set in Asia. It's it's actually amazing that they found... I thought there wasn't enough you know, Asian talent in entertainment or something. Yeah, seriously. Well, I think that it's actually filmed in Australia. Because they're... I, like, that's the other thing, like, the accents are such an amaz- amazing, just, like, hodgepodge. Like, there's people doing straight-up British. There's one guy, I swear he's, like, Maori or something. Um, there's a guy, I guess he's supposed to be Persian. Another guy, I guess he's supposed to be Indian. There's, like, Chinese guys doing British accents and, and Chinese guys doing Chinese accents. And then I think there's a couple Japanese guys. I'm not even sure what accents they're doing. But the Italian guy is actually an Italian guy. So his accent's legit although his dad speaks with a kind of a british accent so that's right it's very like odd and confusing and like part of me is wonders like is it just because that's what came out of their mouths they work with a coach and this was the best they could do or like why yeah no there's definitely quite a few actors on that that like i can tell they're speaking phonetically and that's the only reason the pronunciation is as good as it is because they don't actually know what they're saying (laughs) That's great. Like, they've just been taught to put inflections in certain places, but they don't actually know, like, what they're saying. That's actually fantastic. I feel like I could actually, I feel like that could be a viable way of learning a language if you just memorized phrases. Like, I feel like eventually your brain might just make sense of it and you just become really fluent after, like, I don't know, a year or so of, like, speaking phonetically. Well, apparently that's how Antonio Banderas learned English. What happened? Whatever happened to him? He just disappeared. He's still around. I think he's he's busy playing house with Melanie Griffith. So I think they're still together. I don't know. I don't keep up with my my celebrity gossip, so I could be totally wrong. I don't even know who that is. Melanie Griffith? Yeah, cannot put a face to the name. In fact, I'm just going to Google her right now because I probably do know. Apparently, I was also looking up ghosts last night. That's great. I'm terrified <laughs> of ghosts. I can do serial killers, serial rapists. Like, I can handle that because that's just people doing bad things to each other. Like, ghosts, just no. Okay. Yeah, I, it's funny. My husband has, like, this cute little fair ghost. He's going to kill me for talking about this. <laughs> um, but I'm always, like, having to remind him, like, Ghosts don't hurt people. They just scare you. They're just souls who who, who need help to to get rest. Yeah. Have you ever seen the Japanese like scary movies? They they're not they're. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, I don't I don't show him those. <laughs> oh man, I made the mistake of showing him the last five minutes of sleepaway camp this weekend. Mm-mm. Yeah. I I will not that make that mistake again, ever, with anyone. Yeah, I do not know who Melanie Griffith is, but they are still together. Okay. That's good. That's good. They seem very happy. Uh she used to be with Bridges? No. She used to be married to Stephen Bauer and Don Johnson. Don Johnson, that's the one I was thinking of. Again, showing my age. (laughs) He was on Miami Vice. He was like one of the coolest guys in the 80s. Yeah, that show comes on. I have a. I get. I don't know if I should be saying this, but I don't pay for cable. We kind of point our antenna in the direction of New York City and we get, like, more channels than we would if we paid for, like, basic cable. Nice. And then one of the channels is this, like, this show or this 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 network that just shows, like, really old... Maybe they're not really old. I shouldn't say that. Older... <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Older... I actually made a comment about how I wasn't alive for some Olympics and the teacher in the room turned her head and gave me this look. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> but anyway, they play, the, they play like, like I don't know, what's the one with the, with the bionic, bionic man? The six, oh, the, the six million dollar man. Six million dollar man. And, they and play the, the spinoff was the bionic woman. Because I had a six million dollar man um, uh, lunch kit. I still have it, actually. Um, but I got made because I lo- I love the six million dollar man. Like I love like action shows in the eighties. Like the A team was like my thing when I was five. But all the other kids made fun of me because it was a quote unquote boys lunchbox. Well, and so I had to retire it and get a rainbow bright lunchbox. That does not I nearly still, sound as fun. I still have the six million dollar man lunchbox. I do not still have the rainbow bright lunchbox. <laughs> Okay, I think it's time for word association. We're going to do this. Okay. All right. I'm just going to get it out of my system now. Penis, 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 penis. Okay, <laughs> out of my system. All right, 30 seconds. Okay, on the clock. 10, 20, 30, and zero minutes. All right. Start. Cough. Syrup. Map. West. Blades. Of glory? Task. Master. Leap. R. Maple. Delicious. Toy. R. Whiskey. Delicious. <laughs> Circus. <laughs> Say by the bell. <laughs> Whiskey. Delicious. <laughs> That's great. Oh yeah, that's another thing we have in Canada. Maple whiskey. What? Oh yeah. That sounds delicious. It is. Okay. So what are you consuming? Uh currently? Currently. Oh, I'm like, well I'm drinking water and um yeah, I guess we we touch on some of the stuff. I am drinking water right now. Um I'm watching that Marco Polo show with a lot of nudity. And 
Yes. Well, it needs to compete with all those cable shows. Um, like, does HBO have, like, a clause for, like, all their producers? Is like, there must be this many boobies in each scene of the show. I don't know because I do not get HBO. Although I, I, I can probably find out. I'll find out. And let yeah, because you know. we just bootleg all that stuff. But like, it does. It does feel like there's like some yeah. kind of booby quota that they have for those shows. And that's how I feel a little bit about Netflix. Like, up oh, there's that one like talking like that the one scene that people will talk about now, and that's like in episode one, and everyone's gonna talk about it. Yeah, well, I think it's also interesting because, you know, Netflix's whole model is all based on analytics and how, you know, a lot of these shows, like, I can pick out, like, the, like, from the, the Netflix-produced shows, like, I can pick out, like, okay, who demographically is this supposed to, like, appeal to? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, it's hitting these notes, so I guess people who like shows like this and then it hits those notes and that's for the people who like shows like this who are also the people who show like shows like that and so it's like drawing all these venn diagrams of like the most popular things on netflix with certain demographics and going okay that thing in the middle that's what we're making the show from i mean that's pretty much how they made house of cards it's like people really like house of cards and they also really like kevin spacey so i guess we could put kevin spacey in an american reboot of house of cards and go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's the feeling I get from Marco Polo, too, is that, like, it's like, okay, people like Game of Thrones, people like the Tudors, um, but these, like, you know, Chinese kung fu movies are also really popular, so we'll just, like, put that together and see if it flies, and, like, it kind of does. I don't understand how, like, I should, the show should make me kind of angry, but, like, I'm kind of really just charmed by it. It's like beautifully made too. Like all of the, yeah. like the shots and everything, and the um, the costuming is beautiful. Like when they're wearing oh, clothes, oh my goodness! But <laughs> like it's it's wonderful <laughs> and it's beautiful and it's like strangely captivating. In yeah, the, and you can't understand really why you're watching it sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Like the the writing is very often very awkward. Like there's a lot of stuff about it that's awkward, but. There's also, like, obviously a lot of care that went into it, too. Um, and you, you just kind of have to, like, applaud the effort. Because they are doing something that I've never, I have never seen before. And they're, like, one of the few people or only ones that are doing it. Yeah. We're targeting, we're also hiring all of these Asian actors who would not be employed otherwise. <laughs> There's not a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's just, it's just kind of funny because like the one guy who's like the con son, like he would be like a great classical actor, like a stage actor. Like mm-hmm. he he's obviously trained doing Shakespeare. Like it's very obvious, and yet like he would never get cast in like you know a film adaptation of I don't know Hamlet or you know. Like, that would just never happen. And yet, like, you'd be really good at it, I think. My parents, they would just casually point out. Not because they were like, oh, look, there are people that look like us. But it's just sort of like, oh, you know, this is something that we don't see every day. Let me just point it out. Well, there's actually, it's kind of a joke in Canada is that you can tell you're talking to a Canadian because they're constantly pointing out all the other Canadians. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I have a very good friend in town. She's originally from Chicago, um, but she's she's working here um, at a university, and she's like trying to get tenure and stuff. And so she's becoming a permanent residence. And she caught herself at a party with a bunch of her American friends, pointing out like, "Oh, Ryan Reynolds, yeah, he's great. You know, he's Canadian, right?" <laughs> <laughs> it was just like <gasps> I'm like you're a real Canadian now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 definitely how you can tell you're talking to a Canadian. They need to reference other Canadians. <laughs> and I think it's also this weird because there's so much that is shared, like border wise and a little bit culture wise between the United States and Canada that if maybe it's kind of like, oh, we have to differentiate ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Like the, the joke for me growing up was, you know, um, how can you tell that you're Canadian because I'm not American? Like, <laughs> that's a lot of how I think up until I think like the generation just behind me is like maybe the first generation that doesn't have that feeling like they do have a better grasp of like a Canadian identity with like you know, like the thing that called out Canadian identity was that we were constantly searching for our identity. Like mm-hmm. that was our identity was looking for our identity. It was just like, what? I feel like that's, that would be like such a fascinating research article. I would totally read that. On yeah. Like- I mean, I, I was really into like film studies and stuff and like any of the, the books on like Canadian film and stuff. It's all like just, diving into the, you know, what is our identity? Do we have an identity? Okay, so things, is there, is there, are there things you want to plug, talk about? Um, I guess I will plug my blog, um, which I'm in the process of recommitting myself to, I guess we'll say. Um, since I've been very busy with my day job lately, but, uh, you can check out my blog at gamerwife.com. And then if you want to see what I do during my day job, you can go to cardboard-utopia.com, which is the independent games company that I'm working for now. And we're in the middle of making our first game, which is a tactical JRPG with board game mechanics. So cards and dice. Um, for PC and consoles called War of Zodiacs. It's very uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, Shining Force kind of a game. So uh, kind of retro, but uh, working on some new mechanics there. So um, if you like JRPGs, uh, you'll probably want to check it out. Or Tactics games also, you'll want to check it out. I'm actually checking it out right now. It looks really <laughs> cool. Yeah, you mentioned Kingdom Hearts, so I, I have a feeling you'd... I just started it, so no, okay, I'm, so. I'm, I'm like, way behind because my parents refused to, like, they thought I was going to ruin my eyes with, like, Game Boys and things like that, uh, and then eventually they caved and they got us this Wii. It was, like, the winter it came out. They went, like, everywhere to find it, Aww. and so I had to, like, catch up, and everyone's, like, recommending things. And I was just like... Okay, well, I've actually never played Kingdom Hearts. Okay. I'm actually pretty late to gaming, too. Um, even though, like, we had an NES, like, first edition when I was growing up in the house. And then I just kind of outgrew the whole video game thing. And then I started working... I moved to Montreal and started working at a video game company. Like, oh, that's what all this video game 
stuff is about. It's like, oh, this is actually way more interesting than I, wow, this is actually really cool. And then I got married to a hardcore gamer, and uh, now I wrote a blog called Gamer Wife. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are. And here we are. And you can find me on Twitter at GamerWifeBlog. You can also find me on Instagram, although I'm not as active on there as I like to be. I usually just use it to follow cats. (laughs) I, like, it's... But they're pretty it's a disease, though. but yeah, every time, like I'm, I'm especially the like wonky looking cats, like like Princess Monster Truck or uh, Little Bub, um, Miss Raspberry is is like one of my current favorites because their owner keeps like trying to dress her up like she's a princess, but she has like this weird like underbite that's super kind of wonky, but but she's really fluffy like an exotic. And then, so they kind of dress her up like she's a princess, but she has like this super wonky underbite that I love. I found another cat called Achoof, who like has this weird like werewolf disease or something. So he's just like super furry all over the place. I half expected you to say that the werewolf disease, like on the full moon, this cat turns <laughs> into. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because they refer to him as like a werewolf cat, but it's just because like he's like super furry everywhere, all over. And so like his face is really crazy because it's just like fur everywhere. Uh, Pompous Albert is pretty amazing because he's like kind of like almost Cornus Rexy. So he has like the weird dense um, curly fur, but he has like the sourest expression on his face at all times, like worse than Grumpy Cat. Like He just looks oh, evil. Yeah, that's terrifying. That's a terrifying look right there. Yeah, Pompous Albert is great. <laughs> oh, and my favorite is Kyle. Uh, my cat Kyle, who has like the craziest whiskers and this big fluffy mustache and um, hip dysplasia. So like he's always like sitting with his legs sticking out. It's, like his bones, like the hip joints don't work properly or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has dandruff. And apparently he witnessed a murder. Oh. <gasps> Yeah, apparently it was like a domestic violence thing. And so his adoptive owners are like using his like Instagram popularity to like raise money for domestic um, violence, abuse and anti-campaigns and stuff. You know, using a silly of a platform is like pictures of your cat to like try to do like even a tiny amount of good in the world is something yeah. I'm really into. I just realized I didn't actually say my Instagram. <laughs> yes, you're in, we got sidetracked by cats. Instagram, what yeah. is it? Yeah, Instagram. I usually use it for following cats, but uh, my handle is at Montreal or at Mariko underscore MTL. Got it. Montreal. Represent. I don't know what I'm representing. <laughs> Habs, man. All right. So thank you so much for doing this. No problem. It was my pleasure. All right. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to Mariko, this episode's guest. Kaylee Birnbaum recorded the audible.com promo. And Lauren Biscaldi recorded the theme. <laughs>